Hello, and let me add my welcome to you to this online service of Chichester Baptist Church. My name is Ian Crossley, I'm one of the members of the church, and it's a privilege to continue this series called The Invitation. We've got six Sundays where we're looking at invitations that Jesus gave to people as we read the stories of his life in the Gospels. In week one, Roger led us to look at Come Follow. Last week, Ellen, it was Come Be. And in the next three weeks, we'll have Come Rest, Come Drink and Come Give. But today, we're going to look at that invitation to Come See, which we've already seen something of in the reading today uh, from John's Gospel and Chapter 1. I don't know just how any of us could have imagined the difference a year would make. Sure, I'd use video conferencing software a little bit before lockdown ever came upon us. In fact, I was reasonably familiar with Zoom and it's been a privilege to be able to help other people in that area over this last year. But, but part of me, and I suspect for many of us, we are crying out for face-to-face -face meetings again where we can see people, we can talk to them, we can chat. In fact, just a week ago, uh, Cindy and I were down in Devon on holiday for a week and on one of those days we arranged to meet some friends who live in a southeast Devon near, in Torquay. And we, we met at about a halfway point, a little, a little bit east of Plymouth, and we met at a cafe and we sat outside for a good couple of hours chatting with them and catching up on things we hadn't been able to talk about quite as freely for the 15 months since we last saw them. It was so good to see them uh, and we understood more of the challenges that each of us were facing, the opportunities, the delights and the joys of life and all those other things that you get in a face-to-face -face meeting that you don't always have time for uh, in a conference call over video. I remember when our boys were much younger, the new films came out, the cartoons that were done by Pixar, and one of them was Finding Nemo, uh, the story of this uh, little fish that got swept up into uh, a whole a new adventure. And of course, his father, who went through all kinds of dangers trying to find him, and great was the joy in the reunion. And that journey of finding him was great fun, but it's not quite the sort of come and see that we're talking about. But I do want to talk about finding someone else, not finding Nemo, but finding Brad. A couple of years ago, I was in a conference in Amsterdam and there were a good couple of hundred people there. So a quick look at the scenario that was held in an old church converted to a conference centre. Uh, if you can all grab your seats, please. Just before we get started, there's one thing I forgot to mention. And you can see from this that uh, there was a, a lot of space, a lot of things happening. And, and even the breaks, there was always somebody to talk to, things to do and so on. But I knew that Brad, who I'd met once before, was there. And people have said to me, he's the man you want to talk to if you want advice on this particular subject. And so eventually on the second day, I tracked Brad down. Uh, and in the breaks, which were always busy, uh, we knew there wasn't the time with all the people sitting around, uh, milling around us to have that conversation. So he, as I knew my flight was uh, not leaving for some way after the conference ended, 
we chatted. He said, why don't you come and see me after the conference? And when it had finished, we went up into a la uh, one of the private lounges where there was just at that time, I think, him and me and some food, which was always welcome. And we chatted for a, probably an hour. And during that conversation, we found out a lot about each other. And I talked about my particular challenges and got some advice from him and walked away with some steps that I could take to resolve some of those challenges. Come see me was a really helpful invitation that I had from Brad and it made a great deal of difference. In the story that we've had read to us, we find that we've got a, a three-day journey of people to Jesus. On day one, John the baptizer, John the Baptist, and, and let's just clarify that there were two different Johns in this story. John, the author of this gospel, John the apostle, who was to become a disciple of Jesus, is probably one of the characters in this story. But John the Baptist is a cousin of Jesus and he'd been sent by God to be the forerunner of Jesus to prepare the way for him. And John the Baptist, we read in verse 26, said, I baptise with water, but among you stands one you do not know. So he's announcing the presence of Jesus. Jesus is there. He is around, but he hasn't yet made himself known. But you'll see in verse 29, it says the next day. So this is day two. And on this day, John the Baptist identifies Jesus. He saw Jesus coming toward him and said, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Quite an announcement and, and for us we sometimes miss the significance of something like that but remember in Jewish religion and culture a lamb was often used as a sacrifice for sin and in, in identifying Jesus as a lamb as a unique lamb who would be a once for all offering for sin John is identifying not just who Jesus is, but what he's come for. And two of John the Baptist's followers or disciples were Andrew and, and somebody else who we think was John the author of this gospel. We can't be sure, but there are reasons for it because there is a little bit of detail in this story, a real precision about the time of day that suggests it might have been because John was one of those people involved in the story. John the disciple was one of those people. And I think this journey would have gone a bit like this, that first of all, something is not right. In other words, they'd encountered John the Baptist, who was preaching a message of repentance, getting people to turn from their sins back to God. But there was more to come because Jesus was to come. And so while they had done that, they were still seeking the answer and it was in Jesus that they would find that answer. That's the journey we're going on in this little passage. And so we come to the third day. Again, another verse that starts off the next day, the verse 35. John was there again with two of his disciples. Now notice the difference between day two and day three. Yesterday, John the Baptist had addressed a multitude of undetermined size and character. Today, he's standing with just two of his disciples. Yesterday, Jesus was coming toward John the Baptist. Today, he's evidently walking away from him towards the place that Jesus was staying for the time being. 
And yesterday there was no active response from the disciples of John the baptizer. Today they make that decisive step which they will remember for the rest of their days. The story goes on then, we pick it up at verse 37. When the two disciples heard John the baptizer say this, they followed Jesus. Turning around, Jesus saw them following and asked, what do you want? Now I think that the ESV, the English Standard Version, has a slightly more literal translation for us when it uses the words, what are you seeking? Because there is definitely that idea of seeking in the words that are used in the original Greek language. And they said to Jesus, Rabbi, now that was a, a mark of respect, it means teacher or master, where are you staying? Come, he replied, and you will see. Now, I do not think that this was just one of those programs about buildings like Grand Designs or Location, 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 saying, we'd like to see this property that you're staying at. It was, it was much more that they were looking for an opportunity for uninterrupted conversation with Jesus. That's the difference between being in the same conference and meeting in a private room. Bet between being in the crowds around John the Baptist and meeting Jesus where they can spend time chatting with him. And so that, that invitation that Jesus gave them, come and you will see, so they went and saw where he was staying and they spent that day with him. It was about four in the afternoon, the, the, literally the, the 10th hour, and, and there's some speculation whether that was 10 in the morning or four in the afternoon, depending on whether you're using a Roman clock or a, a Jewish clock. But, but it doesn't matter too much. We know that they were going to spend a good period of that day with Jesus. John, the disciple, John, who was to become a follower of Jesus, and then after the resurrection and ascension, an apostle, would also go on to write not just his gospel, but also three letters and possibly the book of Revelation. And he says in his first letter, which we find toward the end of the New Testament, the claim that what he's talking about is because he is an eyewitness. You can see I've highlighted it in, in red, that which was from the beginning, that which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we've looked at, and our hands have touched. This we proclaim concerning the word of life, that's Jesus. The life appeared, we have seen it and testify to it, and we proclaim to you the eternal life, which was with the Father and has appeared to us. We proclaim to you what we've seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And our fellowship is with the Father and his Son, Jesus Christ. We write this to make our joy complete. John wants his reader to know that Jesus is real. He's historical, he's physical, he's human, he's divine. 
He is God's sacrifice for sin. And he's yours and mine to see if we'll take the time out to visit, to question, to listen and to respond. Now, obviously, we can't physically go and visit Jesus in the same way that Andrew and John were able to do on that day. In fact, the New Testament talks about believers living by faith, not by sight. Now, that might involve weighing up the evidence, recognising that there are reliable accounts of the life and work of Jesus and his followers. And coming to that point, once, once we've spent that time with that story, understanding more of this great person, this God in human flesh, Jesus, where we get to that point where we say, yes, I have enough to be able to trust him, to put my faith in him. And at that point, you, like Andrew and John, become his. You become his disciple. You become his follower. You become someone for whom forgiveness has been extended and peace with God uh, is yours. Well, there is a little follow-up, a little sequel to this story that we've been looking at, and we find it in the next few verses. Remember, they had said, uh, Jesus had asked them, uh, what is it that you seek? And if you're seeking, you, you, you hope you're going to find something, don't you? And in verse 41, we read the first thing Andrew did was to find his brother Simon and tell him, we have found the Messiah, that is the Christ. This is the one who the Jews had been promised through the Old Testament would come. And then we read the next day, Jesus decided to leave for Galilee and he found Philip and said to him, follow me. Philip, like Andrew and Peter, was from the town of Bethsaida. Bethsaida is just to the northeast of the Sea of Galilee. Philip found Nathanael and told him, we have found the ones Moses wrote about in the law and about whom the prophets also wrote, Jesus of Nazareth, the son of Joseph. Here we've got the story of real people at a real time in history. The invitation to come and see Jesus because he's who they were seeking and then very clearly saying, we've found him, we've found the Messiah. We found the one that the whole Old Testament pointed toward. We found Jesus. I love the fact that the invitations that are given by Jesus, is it, Jesus in this series are gentle invitations. They're warm invitations. They're welcoming invitations. And that invitation to, to come see is, is there for us today. If we have not yet come to that point of, of trust in Jesus for the forgiveness of our sins, the invitation is there for you. Come and see me. Now, now as a church, we like to facilitate that where we can. That's part of what this service is about. And we have courses like the Alpha course and other courses where you have the opportunity to investigate and find out more, to ask questions and, and do ask one of the church leaders about that give a call to the office and find out more about what's available. But for those of us who are 
already followers of Jesus. It's a reminder of the gentleness of that invitation to come and see more of him. Is to have that dialogue, that conversation, that one-to-one where we dig into the scriptures, we find out more of the wonders of this Jesus whom we follow and our relationship, our trust and our service for him are all deepened as a result. Let's respond to this invitation, come and see. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you because the breadth and the scope and the warmth of the invitation Jesus gives extends to every one of us. And my prayer is that at whatever stage we are at in our relationship with him, in our conversation about him, in our thinking regarding him, that we would respond, perhaps for the first time, perhaps for the umpteenth time to this invitation to come and see Jesus, the saviour of the world. And I pray this on our behalf in his name. Amen.